the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. The brilliant Clark Hilton across the glass keeps us sounding better than we deserve to sound. My name is Mike Lee, and somehow all these years later, this idiotic ex-rock DJ has been named the director of local ministries here at True Talk 800. 93.9 Talk 1640, 93.1 L Ray, 104.1 The Fish, and now... KPAM News Talk 860. Go figure. We're very excited about that, as we are about a very special first-time event we have for ladies only. So, friends, you're enjoyed to join us for a fun-filled, refreshing evening with the girls, and we call it Thrive, a Girls' Night Out. It's a chance for you women to be refreshed and empowered to take on the new year, and this year's very initial Thrive event will be held at the elegant Gray Gables Estate in Milwaukee, Oregon. It's just a stunning venue, and you'll enjoy a gourmet dinner and dessert, plus hear encouraging stories of faith and get some tools to take on the new year from the ladies of... KPDQ and 104.1 The Fish and True Talk 800, all with a laid-back, comfortable feeling of being in your own best friend's living room. It features Georgine Rice, Crystal Thornton, Cat Taylor, Lori Robbs, Summershore, and a whole lot more. So please mark off the date on your calendar, Saturday, January 27th at Gray Gables Estate on Southeast Chestnut Street in Milwaukee. The event doors will open at 5.30, which will allow you to enjoy complimentary coffee and tea and mingling and get some pampering from local sponsors. And the dinner and program will be between 6 and 8 p.m. You can even get some group discounts. RSVP today. I bumped into our promotions director, Rebecca Gurney, and she told me tickets are going quickly, so don't hesitate. And I also want you to know if you are part of a women's ministry or other group interested in reserving tickets for more than six people, or perhaps your ministry outreach or business wants to have a table or sponsor a booth at the event, or if you want to discover how to host a radio program or see what goes into it, just send me an email to Mike Lee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. And what I love about being able to host Difference Makers is taking local servants and bringing them into the building and showing how brothers and sisters in Christ are making a positive, tangible impact in the community. And who better an example than senior servant Pastor J.W. Matt Hennessy. He is the pastor of Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church on North Vancouver Avenue in Portland, which is at North Fargo Street right across from the American Red Cross building. The website is vafbcpdx.org, and don't worry, I'll make sure to clip that onto our Facebook page at True Talk 800 and add all the links to a very exciting event we have coming up. 
It is the annual Drum Major Ecumenical Surfaces. So welcome, Pastor Matt Hennessy. How are you today, sir? Uh, Mike, I'm doing great. It's good to be with you and to be with your listening audience. Well, thankfully, you were kept out of broadcasting, but you've got what we call in the industry such silky smooth <laughs> pipes. You ought to hear you doing a quiet storm show at night. It's the quiet you're, storm with Pastor Matt. You know, couldn't, couldn't you hear that? Uh, I would be happy to do that anytime. Uh, that would be fun. Yeah. A bit of a throwback. And other dates I need you to mark off on your calendars, friends, would be Saturday, January 13th, and Sunday, January 14th. And the annual Drum Major Ecumenical Services are welcome to all, free of charge. However, you know, things cost money, got to turn the lights on. So donations are absolutely gladly requested and accepted. So, Pastor Matt, for people who might be newer to the area, can you give us the view from 30,000 feet of what exactly is the annual Drum Major Ecumenical Services Weekend? It's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you, Mike, for the intro. It's a great weekend to celebrate the uh, contributions, life, and legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so that we're not just uh, focused on his work, but also his wife's work, his daughter, um, Yolanda, and also Mrs. Rosa Parks. The first thing we do is a Salute to Greatness luncheon, which, as you mentioned, is on Saturday at noon at the church in the Fellowship Hall. And that actually is a day where we give out awards uh, in for community people and then also for we adopt six schools and give scholarships to six different young people. And this year... Uh, the young people will get $1,000 apiece. That's fantastic. Does a lot go into the process of deciding which six schools get selected? Yeah, we try to choose schools that will, uh, or rather, it's really about the school and it's about the student. Many of the students will get, um, you know, opportunity for scholarships and things like that. We've noticed that some alternative schools may not have the same opportunity as the mainline high schools do. So we choose between six. And so Rosemary Anderson, POIC, uh, Second Home is actually a new one to our family of uh, those that we help. This is a school in Beaverton where young people are really married with, married up with a family. So the young person is homeless and they get connected with a family who helps them through to their um, high school, their senior high school career. Then De La Salle North Catholic, Helens View High School, Roosevelt High School and Jefferson High School. So those are our six, and uh, those are the six this year. So next year we may have a few different ones, but there's about three of them that we use, we uh, we, we recognize every year. And then, so that's the first day, and the, the, actually the mayor of Portland is the keynote speaker. We we don't usually have a keynote speaker, but we do this time, and the mayor, Mayor Willer, is going to be our speaker. And then the second day we bring people of, oh, it's more like an interfaith uh, a gathering where a number of people from different faiths come together, and then our keynote speaker that day is uh, Multnomah County Commissioner uh, Loretta Smith. And in all of this, uh, this is the celebration of Dr. King, and it also marks my 13th anniversary as the pastor. Last two things I'd say is that you've got two wonderful choirs that are going to be singing on Sunday. One is Pacific Youth Choir. Uh, they've got about 100 voices and from all around the region, and then the McMinnville High School Choir. And if you've never heard either of them, they are absolutely fantastic. Both of them are. And this year, they both won the Yolanda King Arts Award 
and they're going to get their awards on that day on Sunday. That's fantastic. So over the years, Pastor Matt, have you seen a lot of non-Christians and non-churchgoers come out for your annual drum major celebration weekend because of the positivity and the speakers and the music? Because I would personally think it would be easier to invite someone who's not yet plugged into a church to come to an event like the drum major celebration more than say, oh, come come with me to church on Sunday or to a Bible study, which we should never, as brothers and sisters in Christ, be afraid to do. But I would think that a weekend such as this at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist might be an easier icebreaker. Oh, yes. There's no question about it. We call this side door evangelism. So you come in uh, as a result of these programs, and some people stay. There's no question. So the first uh, event will be about 250 people spaced for that many. Uh, down in our fellowship hall, and then upstairs in the sanctuary, we've got room for you know nearly a thousand people. And other than last year, where the ice and snow and everything else of January, and I promised if it ever happens that way again, we're moving this program into February because we want to make sure that it's uh, the weather's good. Um, but truthfully, we usually uh, attract a good six to seven hundred people. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. Well, God willing, the weather will be on your side in 2018 more than it was in 2017. Oh, we are praying but for that. But if that doesn't work out, please let us know ASAP, and we'd be happy to spread the word for you on that if you do need <laughs> to postpone it to February, yes, as you mentioned. Yes, I would do mentioned. that, yeah. So I would think that being the mayor of the city of Portland, Ted Wheeler is not the easiest man to get in touch with, much less invite to your event and have him accept it to be a keynote speaker as is going to happen on Saturday the 13th. So do you have any personal relationship or friendship with Mayor Wheeler, or how did you pull that one off? (laughs) Well, in addition to some of the work that I do in the community, I lead an interfaith group called uh, Interfaith Peace and Action Collaborative, and we meet every other Saturday, I'm sorry, every other Friday at 9 o'clock at the Portland uh, North uh, Portland Police uh, Precinct, which is right there off of Martin Luther King by the Boys and Girls Club. And anybody, by the way, from the interfaith community is welcome because what we're doing is really working on how we can get community and police together, understand each other better, um, to really have opportunities to learn from each other. But also one of the big things is how do we work together constructively so that when tough things happen in the community, we're not at each other, but we're working with one another. The mayor, interestingly enough, comes to that meeting Often himself, not just his staff, but he shows up himself. So this is near a weekly? Is that it? It's every other week. So today, I came here from that meeting today. I had a smaller uh, meeting today, but like on the 19th of January, we'll be right back there. And so literally this is every other Friday. Twice a month. Twice a month. And yet the mayor of Portland makes frequent appearances himself, not sending a staffer, but. He comes himself, Ted Wheeler. Well, so his staff members are already there. A couple staff members are there all the time. But he shows up himself. There's no question about that. And I really got to know him because I did not know him very well. I met him last year at our, um, at our program, and uh, he decided to come to both days of that program. And he really wa- he knew he couldn't be at both t- this time around, but he asked if he could be at the one. If he could be at one, it would be at the Saturday one. And uh, we were happy, more than happy, 
to have him be our keynote speaker. But we do have a good relationship. I really uh, think a lot of him as a person as well. It'd be interesting to be a fly in the wall at one of these meetings that you you attend a couple of times a month, Pastor Matt. So we've got about a minute and change before we go to break. But have there been any things that you're allowed to share from these meetings that you find especially encouraging overall? What I think is really wonderful, first of all, anybody who, any of your listeners can come as well. Again, any other, uh, every other Friday. So today would have been one of those days. What's great about these meetings is that it really does give people, both police and community, the opportunity to be honest with each other about how they feel about one another and about the things that we need to do together uh, to make Portland one of the model cities around the nation when it comes to police community relations and 21st century policing. It's often a daunting duty to think about. It's tough to tackle, but... When we have regular conversations with others, when we prayerfully try to follow God's lead, we can at least make baby steps and keep the conversations going, which is why we're very happy to share about what Pastor Matt Hennessy is doing yet again at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church in Portland. Saturday the 13th from noon to 2 is the Salute to Greatness Awards Luncheon with keynote speaker Pastor um, Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler, and Saturday the 14th from 2 to 4, it concludes with the Empower the Dream ecumenical service. All the information is on the website, vafbcpdx.org, and I'll make sure it's all linked up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. More with Pastor Matt Hennessy next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. My friend and account exec and read in the corner beside our friend Pastor Matt Hennessy, Senior Servants of Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church, located at 3138 North Vancouver Avenue. That's at North Fargo Street, right across from the American Red Cross building in Portland. Follow them on Facebook, Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church of Portland, and the website is vafbcpdx.org, which I will make sure to link up to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And the dates to mark off on your calendar are Saturday, January 13th, for the Salute to Greatness Awards Luncheon, featuring, among other things, keynote speaker Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler. And Saturday the 13th is the time that Pastor, uh, I said that again. You did it again. <laughs> Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler will be speaking. As for Sunday the 14th from 2 to 4, the drum major celebration will conclude with the Empower the Dream ecumenical service. And that's dedicated to empowering the community while strengthening multicultural ties. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor Matt Hennessy, but your keynote speaker on Sunday will be Multnomah County Commissioner Loretta Smith, but she's not going to be by herself, Right. Right. She will not be by herself, but we will have people from different faiths. First of all, the county chair will be there to give greetings. The um, the metro president will be there, state senator Lou Frederick, and uh, city commissioner Nick Fish. They will all give greetings uh, on behalf of the region. And then we'll have um, also designated faith leaders who will give prayers uh, from the faith community, uh, Jewish, uh, Muslim, Christian, um, all of that as well. And then uh, the Pacific Youth Choir will sing, and the McMinnville 
uh, high school choir will sing. And these are award-winning musical groups that you won't want to miss, in addition to former Senator Margaret Carter also scheduled. (laughs) That's right. So I want to backtrack just a little with you, Pastor Matt. Where does the term drum major come from? Because when I hear drum major, I think of the tall, lanky college kid with the big hat (laughs) looking like a Q-tip. You know, maybe he's holding a staff and marching down an NCAA football game. Well, so, the, so what first of all, that's a wonderful metaphor from? because it does look that's exactly what comes to mind for most of us. But in February 1968, Dr. King at the Ebenezer Baptist Church, where he was the co-pastor, actually gave a sermon uh, that day. And on that day, he said, um, I don't want you all to mention all the awards I got in life if you're there when I meet my day. That was the way he phrased it, uh, which means uh, his death and his funeral and this was literally only two months months before he was assassinated, he said, I don't want you to mention all the awards. I don't want you a long funeral. I don't want lots of other things said. He said, but if you're going to say anything about me, say that I tried to be a drum major for peace, a drum major for justice. And that has resonated with not just myself, but a number of people that basically say, is that what our life is about? It is literally to be the one who has been willing to take the risk of sounding the bell, beating the drum, and saying these are the things that matter the most. And the people that we are recognizing are people who have done in their own way, using the spirit of the drum major or the spirit of those whose names we add to this drum major list, they've done the same thing in our community. So... For instance, go ahead. I'm sorry. I love to see that. And think about this, friends. The sermon to which Pastor Matt is referring to was from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on, get this, February 4th, 1968 at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. And to this day, his words are still resonating. And the Bible tells us to be a person of fewer words, to appear wiser, because nobody likes that person who just can't shut up like myself, and you just want to turn them off. And unfortunately, with a radio, you can do so. But in a conversation, it's tough to do so with any tact or uh, degree of politeness. But in this case, do you have any people that come to mind, Pastor Matt, that you're especially proud of? Yeah, I I really do. And, you know, every year it's a wonderful uh, discussion that we have inside uh, the church and the committee uh, on who, you know, who's really the Martin Luther King person, who's really carries the spirit of Coretta Scott King or Mrs. Parks or the arts person. And this year, uh, our Martin Luther King Award goes to Eldridge Broussard, a wonderful young man who has just had an amazing life, amazing testimony, and is able to go out and really uh, both challenge and inspire people of all races, ethnic backgrounds, and everything else. We're really proud of him. Um, State Senator Jackie Winters is going to be the Credit Scott King Award. Uh, and again, she's uh, one of the things about Jackie that I love is that we have had a marvelous relationship over these years. I never knew that she actually grew up in Vancouver Avenue many years before I came to, uh, came around. But that's, oh, really? That so was her was home a bit church. Of a homecoming for that's her. That's it. It's like a homecoming for her. That. Not at all. And I get teased in the uh, African-American community often because she's also a Republican. And uh, I think she has represented Democrats, Republicans, and Independents extremely well. 
And then Donna Maxey's done a beautiful job as the Rosa Parks Award winner this year uh, with Race Talk. She literally goes around to various parts of the region and talks with people about how we can get along better and do better work together. We've got a legacy um, uh, bridge builder um, uh, award that Gail Meyer and the majority leader in the House, Jeanette Williamson, will get. For 32 years, uh, Senator Margaret Carter tried to get a bill passed so that the grand jury proceedings would not just be something the DA had and somebody on the grand jury wrote notes, but this will now record all of the grand jury proceedings and the um, the defense attorney and the DAs will have that information. And it's very important from a legalistic standpoint to have that. And then the Nelson Mandela Award of Peace and Freedom and Reconciliation goes to a gentleman by the te- name of Ted Odlin, who is many times not necessarily a household name, but he's the guy that led the uh, building of the Selwood, the new Selwood Bridge. And he often is working with the State Department of Transportation to really bring women and people of color together. And uh, he, as a person, as he calls himself, a white man of privilege, has to reach back and make sure he's doing what he can to help people as well. And then finally, we're going to be honoring uh, with the Arts Award the two high school choirs because they are absolutely astounding. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at your list of award winners here, Pastor Matt Hennessy, and under the Legacy Award for Bridge Building, we've got Gail Meyer and House Majority Leader Jeanette Williamson, and we also have Ramona Matheny and Le- uh, Lenan? Lenan Miller. Lenan Miller yes. from All Star Labor and Staffing. And I had the privilege of seeing Ramona Matheny speak at a Christian Chamber event a couple of years back. Have you met her? Do you know her well? Have you heard her testimony and how it relates to All Star Labor and Staffing today? Well, I haven't heard Ramona's, but Le- Lenan, as it turns out, came to one of my interfaith uh, peace and action uh, collaborative meetings recently. Again, a person who grew up in this community, she actually grew up in our church many years ago. She and Ramona, you probably know, this staffing is specifically targeted at people who have come out of prison or something like that and are having a hard time finding a job. And I'm really, really happy with what they do. Uh, If somewhere down the line, friends, you have the opportunity to hear Ramona Matheny of All-Star Labor and Staffing Speak, do yourself a favor and go see her. The testimony that she shared about herself and All-Star Labor and Staffing was just phenomenal. And what I love about her in particular, Pastor Matt, is the fact that she believes that all God's children count, even those who are convicted felons and misdemeanors. And they have to have a life after prison. So there are certain stereotypes out there. But if you heard some of the stories of why people might get arrested or incarcerated, you might look twice. It's the same thing with the homeless issue. If you ever brought one a coffee and sat down on the curb with him or her, yeah, yeah there's there are indeed millennial slackers out there trying to bilk the system. And the worst is when they take little kids to Fred Meyer and they hit you up for a 20 and they hit the next person for a 20. And it just makes my blood boil. Okay, but there are legitimate people out there too. There's a, a gentleman I met in, in, in my town of Salem and he needed to be homeless to lose drama that he was living with in his apartment. 
So he left behind what he had. He left behind food. He was um, retired from being a building framer because his arms were going and he was looking into building maintenance. Okay. He did not want to be homeless, though. So he was in between things. And I believe he found something else afterwards. But when you hear stories like this, you realize that by the grace of God, go I. And I am one or two bad choices from ending up in prison or homeless. And that's what I love about Methania and All-Star Labor and Stabbing. That's one of that group's mantras that people do count. And when they find something that is of value, like a job or something good, the satisfaction of coming home after a hard day's work with wages, with paying your rent, with putting clothes on your kid's back and food on the table. These are positives, often replacing a family situation perhaps they never had. Right. So anyway, sort of go off on that. No, I think it's wonderful. No, I think it's wonderful. And then you can understand why it is we would want to encourage them um, by also giving them this award. I have not heard Ramona. I've heard many people say that she's really something to hear, and I'm looking forward to meeting her uh, between now and next week anyway. I hope you've but, got tissues in wow. your uh, pews wow. because it, it's, her, her testimony is that good. So, Ramona, come on, Difference Makers, one of these days. I'd love to fill up an hour with some of your stories and encouragement. But I digress. Uh, the weekend that we're talking about is at Pastor Matt Hennessy's Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church in Portland. And I always have to say that because when I hear Vancouver, my mind immediately shifts to the Couve, Washington over the bridge, instead of Vancouver Avenue, which is at North Fargo Street across from the American Red Cross. Saturday the 13th and Sunday the 14th are the days. Looking forward to to all these award winners. And tell me, who is on your board or committee figuring out what traits define who should win which award? And is it difficult? Do you ever have to say, oh, well, maybe next year I want to get that guy or that woman instead, because (laughs) you don't want to leave anybody out. No, I agree. What happens is we have definitions in our program of what each award is about. And then it's a really good mix of people talking. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. And coming up on Saturday, January 13th, is the Salute to Greatness Awards Luncheon. Mayor Ted Wheeler will be the keynote speaker from noon to 2. And Sunday, January 14th, from 2 to 4 p.m., will be the Empower the Dream ecumenical service dedicated to empowering the community while strengthening multicultural ties, featuring keynote speaker, Multnomah County Commissioner Loretta Smith. Alongside her, uh, we all have Portland City Commissioner Nick Fish, Oregon Senator Lou Frederick, and former Senator Margaret Carter, all at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church, 3138 North Vancouver Avenue in Portland, and that's across from the American Red Cross at North Fargo Street in Portland. More information is available on the website, vafbcpdx.org, which I'll make sure to link up to our social media and also to truecodoc800.com on the Difference Makers page. And here to share all about the award winner choosing process, we have Pastor Matt Hennessy. So, Pastor Matt, with all these awards going out with people that I really respect for the impact they make in our community, including our, our dear friend Eldridge Broussard, who will be winning the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Award, how big a committee do you have when it comes to nominating, much less whittling it down to who wins which award, and what traits are most 
prominent for each one? Yeah, each. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the question because each each one of the awards um, are different to some degree. The issue of of spirit is certainly the same. Um, you know, Dr. King was a real change agent. Mrs. King was behind the scenes, but quite frankly, if you think about it, she and her husband were married 15 years, and she lived 38 years without him. But without her, there would not have been a Martin Luther King Center of Nonviolent Social Change in Atlanta. She fought for it. Uh, in a different way than he did. There would not have been a Martin Luther King holiday without her great work. And so, again, a person who wins that award is somebody who's also working in a very different way. Rosa Parks, you know, sat and remained seated, which is a very, very important thing when you think about what she did on December 1st, 1955, and then lived a life um, a little bit more quietly, but still very dignified because people saw her as that. Um, and the Yolanda King really felt that while she wasn't public speaking might not be her best thing, but theater really was, she enjoyed theater. She enjoyed the arts and that's really what it's about. So we have a team of about 11 people that are on the committee, um, male, female, young, elderly, you know, uh, African-American and non-African-American. And they'd all tease and tell you that the answer is, what happens is whatever the pastor wants, and that's not true. We have good, solid conversation about everybody and all the nominations, and everybody can bring anybody's name to the table. And then really when it comes down to it, we've always had a unanimous vote on each one of the people who were awarded because everybody, could, after hearing what is said about the final person, Everybody comes to the same conclusion. You get a room of nearly a dozen people to agree on something unanimously. That's evidence <laughs> of God to me, Pastor That's Matt right. Hennessey. That's exactly right. Have there ever been any almost people that year after year they're in the top three contenders, <laughs> but someone edges them and you kind of feel bad about it afterwards? No, Mike, we're really pitiful. I can tell you what happens. <laughs> that doesn't happen. But if in a year where we see that there's really a toss-up between this person or that person for, let's say, the Rosa Parks Award, because no, we've done that before and also in the Coretta Scott King category. Then we just share. We say, guess what? If this is where we are, then two people are going to get that award in that category. And it's okay. There you go. That's exactly right. I like that. And I like the fact that you're so entrenched in the Portland community. So as a fellow minority, can you tell me about stereotypes? The stereotype that we often see in the Pacific Northwest is that Portland is among, if not the least churched city in the United States of America. And often the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, Christians, Christianity, church speak, are often seen as haters or bigots, or hypocrites. Now, you, on the other hand, Pastor Matt, very frequently hang out in interfaith circles. So how true are those stereotypes that we often hear? And what can we do as Christians to kind of turn the tide toward truth instead? Um, Well, I think here's what's interesting. Some of those stereotypes are true. And there are people in interfaith communities who do feel that way about us. And that's because Oftentimes, the voice they hear is a loud voice talking about what we are against. And uh, my work, both at the church and the interfaith groups uh, that I am a part of, and also the work I do in the park over the last, going on now seven years next April, every Friday, uh, we're in the park really talking with people 
and keeping the park safe and bringing down crime and things like that. But really to say to people, you know, we have a role outside the church that's very important, and that role is making sure that we are doing everything that we can to be the hands and the feet and the face of God to the people in the community and not just talking about what we are against, but to really talk about what we're for and to remember that if you think of the life of Christ, what's beautiful about it is that he met everybody where they were. And he was not judgmental about it or anything like that, except to the people who were supposed to know better, and that was the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees. But to people who were the everyday common people, he just accepted them where they, they are. And that's exactly what we try to do as well. So is Jesus' example of just meeting people where they are kind of the inspiration for what you and Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church do when you you hang out Fridays in the park? And which park are we referring to? Uh, it's the park. It's called Holiday Park, right, by Lloyd Center. And a young man was killed there in April of 2011, a young 14-year-old boy in the middle of the day named Shiloh Hampton. And a group came together uh, two days later and at the North Precinct uh, building and said, how long are we all going to let this happen and not do anything about it? And one of the things that was uh, very prevalent that night with the police presence in the room is that we can't police our way and arrest our way out of this. We need your help. And what they said was, is if volunteers will show up in this park, which was considered one of the, uh, at the time anyway, a red zone, meaning a high crime area. But if you all will show up, believe me, that will move crime out of that park. And they were right. We've been walking every Friday night. Their group is called Connected, and it's a number of different faith groups that have come together. But we walk every Friday between 4.30 and 6.30 or 7.00. And we're just in the park. And quite frankly, we've gone since we've been in the park. And again, as I said, it'll be seven years in April. Uh, we will. Uh, crime has come down over 53%. So do you have any good stories about hanging out Fridays in Holiday Park, Pastor Matt? Whether it's meeting people from the interfaith community serving alongside you or meeting people just hanging out in the park on a Friday? No, it really has been great. When we started... Um, we would be breaking up fights. As a matter of fact, we also, I still remember us breaking up a mace fight one one day. We didn't know what we were running into, but we heard the noise. And so there are some of us that are more aggressive than others to run toward where the problem is. And so we're running towards the problem, seeing the fight going on. We had no idea mace was in the air. And I had, if you've never had that experience, it is an experience you'll never forget. Our eyes, our noses, we were messed up. for the, We broke the fight up, but I'm telling you, we were almost blind for the next hour. And the police came by, and they said to us, listen, we're glad that we didn't have to come here to do this because you all did it, and it's absolutely amazing. We dealt with human trafficking. We would literally stand down uh, the guys that were there to try to take the young girls up uh, to the hotel next door. Um, and that all of that really has gone away. What's interesting to us is that one time we were talking to somebody just recently about why we're there, because people see us with our connected hats or jackets and things like that on. They wonder what is connected. And uh, when they hear what we talk about, they say, well, we're, weren't you guys afraid to come down here? I said, you know, the funniest thing is fear was never the issue for us. We would come to this park and pray and walk on, walk uh, all around and in and throughout the park. We would also pray with people, and we still do. 
uh, who are homeless and whatever, and we also offer them, whether it's our uh, food food closet or the clothing closet or anything else. So it gives us a great opportunity really to witness to people in addition to really just create a, a safe place. So have any of the people that you've met Friday in Holiday Park connected with you to the point where they might want to come to a service at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist? There have been several people who've come to service, and there are also several people who've joined us in our Saturday Saturday Samaritans where we go out and feed um, people food on every Saturday over by the uh, 11th and Alder and downtown under the Burnside Bridge. But yes, a lot of people have come by. A wonderful thing to remember. And if you're curious about Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church, Pastor Matt, please correct me if my information is wrong. But I have you down for Sunday worship times at 8 a.m. and at 1020. It's actually 1045 now. 1045. Sorry, the first service we call the Alpha service. It's 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. And that's the one where I tease them and tell them that uh, you can't be Baptist and be in church for an hour. But we've been doing it for 10 years. But 1045 is the second service. That's good to know. And are you still hosting midweek prayer meetings and Bible studies on Wednesdays? Yes. Okay, prayer meetings will be Wednesday at 5.30 p.m., and Bible study will be Wednesday at 6 p.m. And tell us about your Thursday call-in Bible studies. That's all going? Yeah, we do. We have an That's hour. That's really exciting. Yeah, we, there are two funny things that we do. The 6 o'clock on Wednesday, the 6 o'clock on Wednesday is actually 45 minutes. Because I've teased people about the fact that if you make it longer than that, people can't sit for that. But that's what you do when you go to school. 45 minutes is what we do. We have a first Thursday virtual Bible study, and that's from 10 to 11, and we have an 800 number uh, that people call into. Good to know. So on January 13th and 14th, don't miss this wonderful event coming to Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church located in Portland at 3138 North Vancouver Avenue at North Fargo Street, right across from the American Red Cross. And if you have any questions, we'll make sure all the information is posted not only at vafbcpdx.org, but also on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. When we return to Difference Makers, more with Pastor Matt Hennessy on True Talk 800. Thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here. And the celebration held the weekend just before Martin Luther King Jr. Day every year is coming back to Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church in Portland, located on North Vancouver Avenue at North Fargo Street, right across from the American Red Cross building. And Pastor J.W. Matt Hennessy, the pastor of the church, has been telling us all about the event as well as some of the award process when it comes to deciding who gets what. So, Pastor Matt, more so than most of the people I encounter, you are involved directly and consistently with the interfaith community. And I love that. I love the fact that you are beyond the four walls of the Christian church. So can you tell me about some of your relationships with non-Christians that you work with on a regular basis and how that's been able to share some of what you believe with them, whether or not they agree with you quite yet? Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a good thing. And, you know, as uh, often I was saying to you, um, Mike, at the break, is that I think often I take for granted that because I'm involved in a lot of interfaith uh, work that others are also. For me, I it's sort of a natural and, uh, you know, because I was a student in Israel uh, when I was growing up, so 
having done that, you know, it caused me to really sort of see some different things as a Christian uh, young man in my uh, in my mid-teens, and then work with Palestinians, work with Jews, go to synagogues and things like that. And uh, my work here is similar, you know, so I work with the Jewish community, I work with the Muslim community, I work with the Buddhist community. As a matter of fact, in our church, we've had uh, three people who came out of the Jewish faith who actually joined our church and accepted Christ as their Savior, and three Buddhists have done the same thing. Now, again, that wasn't me doing a hardcore press or anything like that, but it was people who got connected to some of the things that we're doing, and they felt uh, that they were interested enough to do that. In my work with the um, Interfaith uh, Peace and Action Collaborative, we've got at least three people who admittedly state, listen, I'm, I'm atheist. I said, that's good. We can still do work together because you don't have to be a Baptist or a Christian to do work, to reach out in community together. But what I find is that people surely have a lot of questions about what motivates us to do the things that we do. And when people really start to hear the lessons of who Jesus is versus sometimes the messages that people hear today, which are you know filled, filled with hate in some ways, because we as Christians have to admit that there are times when we are not the nicest people ourselves or you know judgmental people and all that stuff, it really opens the door for a conversation about really what's the basis of what our relationship with Christ is. It's about love. What's the, the belief of the foundation of what our relationship is? It's about love, and it's about understanding. And again, I go back to what I was mentioning earlier, and that is I believe in the importance of meeting people right where they are. And so I say often in our church, we've got to be the billboard. If you think about it, we're not going to get everybody to Genesis to Revelation, but they are going to see us and they ought to see Jesus in us. And if they do, I believe that that will draw them. And that's why he said, you know, let your light shine. Not that we get the glory, but that he does. So do you believe that people in mainstream Christianity often tend to spend most of their time with their own flock to a degree where they can't communicate with others outside of the four walls of their church? I think to our detriment, that's true. I really do. And I encourage people really, um, to recognize that our job is exactly what uh, the main message at the end of Matthew tells us, and that is go to the nations, go to all of God's people, and to give them the opera- opportunity, te- baptize them, teach them, and uh, help them to understand who Jesus is. And I think one of the big issues for us, and particularly our time in the 21st century where we are right now, is to really think about what we do to make church makes the relationship with Jesus Christ, make it relevant to the average person, particularly here in the Northwest, who would literally have nothing to do with who Jesus is or don't think that they have a reason to. And uh, we're really exploring that ourselves in our church to say, how do we really evangelize in such a way that it brings people to and doesn't repel people from? Mm. And may I encourage you, friends, that... There's a billion and one different opinions out there telling you what to do and telling you how you should do it. But the only one that really counts is God's. And how are you going to hear his still small voice when you're too busy listening to the things of the world and not taking the time out for his still small voice to reach your heart? So 
God very well may be calling you to the park across the street to hang out with skaters and druggies and people soliciting human trafficking. Or God may call you off to a foreign country where you don't speak the language. But you shouldn't look to other men or women as your example. You should listen for God's voice. We had a pastor on from Hood River. They opened up uh, an orphanage in, I believe, Honduras, and they don't speak the language. But they were obedient to God. And as a result, they're reaching these orphans profoundly because they listened for his still small voice. And there will always be poor and there will always be needs. However, if you follow what God is telling you to do— Who knows? Maybe it's only going to be for a brief season, or maybe it's going to be for decades. But you will be supernaturally charged, spirit-led, and more effective when you are following him, even if it's not your comfort zone, than you will be if you're trying to copy someone else. Oh, I'm like that guy, or I'm following that church. No, 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 no. Seek God. Love him. Love others. Read your Bible. Pray and trust your gut if something seems really, really off, but I need to get off of that band. <laughs> I'm with you. I want to say amen. I, want I, to say I know hallelujah. too many followers. So I was like, oh, I want to be like him, or I want to follow like her. Like, no, just follow God. But anyway, the drum major ecumenical services coming up are very, very excited. Am I correct in my math? Is this going to be the 11th year of this it's year? It's the 12th year. The 12th one. It's the 12th year for the uh, ecumenical service, and it's the fourth for the Salute to Greatness Luncheon. We used to do them together, and then we decided to to separate them because the service was four hours long. And it's like, no, we can do better than this. So, nothing can turn off people. Then, hey, come <laughs> to my right. four-hour service. That's right. That's right. So I'm glad that you used wisdom over the years there and, and split this thing up. All the information is going to be posted on Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church's website, which is VAFBC. PDX.org, which I'll throw up on our Facebook page. Make sure to follow them on Facebook as well at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church of Portland in Portland at North Fargo Street and North Vancouver Avenue, right across from the American Red Cross building. And we're very excited about this event. From noon to two on Saturday, January 13th, is the Salute to Greatness Awards Luncheon. Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler will be the keynote speaker in the Dr. and Mrs. O.B. Williams Fellowship Hall. And Sunday on January 14th from 2 to 4 p.m., the drum major celebration concludes with the Empower the Dream ecumenical service, which is dedicated to empowering the community while strengthening multicultural ties. And I love that aspect of the event, Pastor Matt. Keynote speaker will be Multnomah County Commissioner Loretta Smith. So, Pastor Matt Hennessy, in our final minute and a half or so before we land the plane, would you like to give any listeners a personal invitation to come out to the event and or your services at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church? I would like to just uh, thank you, first of all, uh, Mike, for having me on your show. Thank you for your listening audience today. I would hope and pray that you would give yourself an opportunity to come out and to be a part of to listen, to learn, to share, and quite frankly, even get involved. Uh, we have a we, we don't have a, a ticket price for the luncheon. We don't have that for the uh, next day, but we ask for donations. Guess what? The donations go all to scholarships so that we can help young people really enrich their lives. We want to see them do that, and we believe that we have a very, very important message there. So any of us who have been involved in events whatsoever knows that 
it costs money to keep the lights on and the heat going. And what's neat about this is the services are both absolutely free and open to the public. But do bring your checkbook, make some donations, realizing they're not going to Pastor Matt. They're going to scholarships. They're helping kids out. This is just a wonderful event to be a part of. And Pastor Matt Hennessy of Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Always a pleasure, sir. Again, those dates, Saturday, January 13th, Sunday, January 14th at Vancouver Avenue First Baptist Church on North Vancouver Avenue at North Fargo Street, right across from the American Red Cross building in Portland. More information will be posted on our Facebook page and also on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So thank you, Clark Hilton. Thank you, James Blind. And thank you for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.